Right, we're rolling. On this podcast, we'll be talking about different areas of business and all things marketing. My name is Dave Doyle. And I'm Dave Alton. This is Social Antics, another marketing podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Social Antics, another marketing podcast. You're joined again by myself, Dave Doyle, and my co-host, Dave Alton. How are you today, Dave? Good. It's been a busy week, very, very busy week. Yeah. Um, things are starting to pick up again, I think, as we're coming towards the end of the lockdown, businesses are starting to kind of readjust from the initial shock of being kind of open, then shut, then open again, then shut again. And I think people are starting to look forward a bit. So no, a couple of, um, the one couple thing, of exciting projects. The one thing I noticed, though, about this lockdown, it doesn't really feel like a lockdown, like the last one. It's not. Like, I mean, I think people are... I think people are a little bit looser about it. Like, I mean, the last time you had people queuing for hours outside supermarkets and stocking up on toilet tissue and stuff like that. I think people are now are kind of used to it and they're kind of adjusting their lifestyle to a lockdown. Like, from speaking to a number of retailers, the amount of um, uh, the amount of uh, consumers who are now just doing all their um, eating on click and collect and stuff like that because yeah. they've got a bit of extra disposable income. Um, so I think people are starting to adjust their kind of behaviour based upon they're not spending as much money going out socialising therefore it's more the in-home kind I of I think even, even when you look at the, the actual businesses that are open not the same volume are closed this time to what was closed last time you know we still have some of the the smaller you know they're, yes they're essential but there's some of them are a little bit open some of them are you can see some of them are kind of trying to break the rules as much as they can to stay open. Yeah, and, 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 and best of luck to them yeah. as well. Like, I mean, I do find it a little bit ridiculous that you can go into Tesco. I think I saw something there during the week whereby there was, um, I think there was, there was a family going to a funeral and needed to buy shirts. Yeah. And they couldn't buy a shirt anywhere. And even they went to Tesco and they couldn't buy because yeah. they had that section of the store closed. They buy cheese and buy cans when they're in there. That's it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, no, it is, uh, no, but look, I think, I think people are starting to, Things are starting to pick up again as much as they can possibly pick up coming towards the end of a lockdown. Like, do you know what I mean? But a lot's going to depend on the next couple of weeks. And obviously, the UK has gone back into lockdown now as well. So, hopefully, we come out of it. And hopefully, when we come out of it this time, we stay out of it. Because whatever about closing once or closing twice, I don't think businesses can take a third one, especially when Christmas is going to be really, really yeah. tough. And I think from our point of view, watching businesses in terms of marketing and business, I think businesses, as you kind of mentioned, they were kind of geared up for it this time. So, the, the online thing was done they have their website up and going they've been operating on social they know what to do you know so so now when it kicked in again they, they were ready for it like yeah, it wasn't yeah. a panic to get a website or an e-commerce site up or click and collect or, or what was yeah, it yeah 100% does it like I mean the, and it's, it's worth saying as well like we speak a lot about retail but there's a lot of industries out there as well which are kind of unaffected yeah like I mean I'm getting involved I'm involved in a kind of a M&A activity now for um, a company involved in cloud computing and Again, very little impact upon their their overall business. So there's some sectors that are that are untouched. But as we're going to go through today later on, talking about tourism, um, there's obviously other, other industries yeah. who are adjusting and going to have to adjust pretty quickly. And obviously, someone like that now with cloud computing, they probably even increased a little bit. I'd say, would they in terms of meant people look working at home, using the services, you know, this kind of area. Yeah, they, look, there's every business adjusts. So there's there's cost savings in terms of joy or light and heat and stuff like that. But I mean, like I mean, overall, I, I, like have they increased in business size? I would say probably not really realistically. Mm. But I mean, there's still activity ongoing. It's not that complete shock of. 
to a 90% we're going to talk about hotel industry later on but there's been a 90% drop off in revenue do you know what I mean it's not, it's not that much of a shock um, and they're kind of holding their own more so than anything else Okay. Do you want to kick off maybe with a tourism or sorry with a news item this week? Yeah, I suppose it's 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 just a small one that kind of came across my desk this week, and a lot of people wouldn't even realize it because it's not going to impact upon the consumer experience. But TikTok have signed a long term licensing agreement with uh, Sony Music, so obviously for the, for the listeners, if there's any music that is embedded in or used on the TikTok platform. They can't just use that for free. It has to be licensed from a Sony or a Psycho or any of the big, the big, uh, the big music players. Um, or I the think big this kind of follows on probably from what we talked about last week when we talked about that they teamed up with Shopify. So obviously now there's going to be a lot more ads and music and stuff like that. Well, there's a well, there's a point. Of that. I think it, it, like, look, it's for the user experience ultimately, yeah. in that if you have if you have consumers using certain music trends, and you'd see it for scoring through TikTok, it's the same music kind of repeated over and over again. Um, and for TikTok users to be allowed to use that music, um, they have to have a, TikTok has to have a license with um, with the record labels. So this is just so initially when TikTok had their initial kind of burst, shall we say, onto the scene, they signed a number of short term deals with these record labels like your Sony's and so on and so forth. And now they're looking at long term deals instead. Now, what I found interesting is that TikTok have apparently paid way over the odds for these licensing agreements, um, which... I think is a bit strange in so much as that although music is fundamental to their platform I would also say that a lot of these record labels have benefited hugely from their songs going viral on TikTok yeah you're kind of hoping that it gets included like you had the the was it the Chase and Abby song you know like absolutely they'd say they made a fortune yeah and Jason Derulo had a couple of songs and stuff like that so I think what if I was a betting man I would say what TikTok's strategy is probably going to be is similar to Facebook a number of years ago prove out the concept to the record labels that if your if your music gets traction on our platform then your ticket sales in terms of concerts um, downloads on uh, Spotify and so, so, so on and so forth, those go up and therefore in the future possibly the roles will be reversed in terms of the record labels will actually pay TikTok for whatever more um, more exclusivity on their platform whatever the case may be so again it's not it's not going to impact upon the user experience in any way shape or form really from what I can see but it's just interesting to look at the business model and the way that TikTok are possibly looking in the future in terms of again bringing revenue into that organisation mm, very good um, one thing that caught my attention this week was with well, two news pieces but the first one was Instagram uh, started uh, looking at their the live um, feature that they have and they extended it from one hour to four hours with IGTV is it well the, the yeah well the Instagram live so actually going oh, through yeah. your stories live but you can actually that was the other element of it now is that not only um, is it changing to four hours but you can actually live archive it as well so you can okay. actually keep it there for like kind of 30 days Um this is now like the change now that they're doing this is up on par with Facebook because Facebook was four hours as well unless you're using like going through the computer or you know using API or something like that which was about eight hours but um, they're definitely seeing a change I suppose in where people are consuming content obviously now with the lockdowns and stuff people are shifting and watching whether it's you know some, say someone like us you know where we're interviewing people online or you know content creators putting stuff up online watching live videos 
there's a, a demand there now for more than an hour and, you know whether it's webinars or whatever it is it's all the shift is uh, instagram has been huge for it so i think they kind of noticed that and they're they're putting it up to the four hours well i think what i would have seen so one of the industries that i'd be heavily involved in would be sports mm. and obviously there's no one allowed in stadiums at the moment and we've seen a huge exactly yeah so what you've seen is a massive jump in the amount of people watching streaming but obviously streaming is streaming is expensive for yeah. a sports organization to you know, get an expensive camera and so on and so forth so the easier it is for local football team local ga team whatever the case may be to stream their matches obviously it's better for the for the people at home and again just the the different ways i suppose in that content is not only consumed but also created i think is interesting and this is a kind of a trend towards that and you're correct webinars conferences um, even lect- lecturing all this kind of stuff it's all going towards that streaming kind of service yeah. for the time being and this is just a direct kind of response yeah, to that all the, all the platforms are kind of reacting to it and doing their own way of, of getting you know people involved in the platform a bit more but another thing that they're looking at bringing out is a way for creators to monetize a little bit more uh, when it comes to live stream so the only way when you're watching the live stream and you have all the comments below you can now well what they're planning on rolling out is the idea of badges that Instagram Live um, are going to send this out to about 50,000 creators to see how it goes. But basically, you can sell badges at price points of, I think they have 99 cent, uh, 99 cent 199 or 4 99 What's a badge? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. These badges help fans uh, comments stand out, basically, in a busy stream. So it's almost like you're paying to be at the top of a comment every time you put something in. That's so obviously, depend- it is. I, I don't agree tragic. with it. Um, so basically, you're, you know, your favorite creator, whoever you follow, you're going to buy a slot basically to, to appear in their comments and so hopefully they might see or call out or whatever it is. I don't know. I think from another side of things, it might be helpful in terms of what we do in terms of advertising that if you're, if you have a massive people, a massive audience watching live video, are, would you be able to get your comment always up at the top? Do you know, in terms of if you're selling something or pushing something somewhere or awareness, I don't know how it could work, but that's possibly an area where it might work. But in terms of content creators and, just someone buying a slot in your comments, I think it's a bit of a disastrous move. It looks a bit, it's a bit cheap, and and I to be honest with you, I think those streaming cla- those comment sections, uh, it's one thing that I would constantly ignore. Like mm. I watched for the election now last night, for example, I was watching a stream of an online news site, and they were talking about those comments coming in. You can't follow them because there's literally so thousands of people commenting, and there's no discussion. It's like Twitter on crack, like it's, it's yeah. just constant. So I don't really get the now again, if it's a small. If it's a smaller court, like they're looking at a match or something like that, and there's commentary on the match, then that's a bit, little bit different. But when you just have this kind of content dump of a lot of people um, commenting on something, I, I, I don't think it... They're following works. on, obviously, you know, uh, Facebook or Instagram, but they're following on from Facebook have this idea of the top, uh, the top fans, where basically in the comment section, you will get a top fan badge. Um, beside your name so like you know businesses can you know I might comment or like a lot of content from one page and I'll be recognised as a top fan and then you have to choose to accept it and oh, actually show up on your profile face. it is it's, I know it's, I'm the biggest fan of you like <laughs> yeah. oh that's absolutely tragic oh do away with that do away with but that if anyone that's wants to become so top bad. fans on their page we won't say no oh yeah if you want to pay if you want to pay what is it 60 quid or 100 quid for a badge to appear on the top of her to be honest with you with the amount of comments that we get you could just post without having a badge and you'd stay at the top for yeah, quite yeah, a long time there. so be all right. so, so that was one of the news stories uh, i seen so we keep an eye on that the next one was from 
local small independent food giant uh, Burger King. Did you see this? Oh, small local business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, they decided to bring out an advert during the week um, basically promoting and pushing people to... The headline was Order from McDonald's. Um, basically, the, the, the piece of content said, we never thought we'd be asking you to do this, just like we never thought we'd be encouraging you to order from KFC, Subway, Domino's, Pizza Hut, Five Guys, Greg's, Taco Bell, Papa John's, just to get them all in there, or any of the other independent food outlets, too numerous to mention here, in short, from any of our sister food chains, fast or not so fast. We never thought we'd be asking you to do this, but restaurants employing thousands of staff really need your support at the moment. So if you want to help, keep treating yourself to tasty meals through home delivery, takeaway or drive through Getting a Whopper is always best, but ordering a Big Mac is not such a bad thing. Take care, Team Burger King. I think, look... When you look at this, and a lot of people will look at this and say, Jesus, aren't Burger King brilliant, you know, and, and putting out a piece of content like this, and obviously, look, why are they pushing other brands? You know, you wouldn't see local brands maybe doing it. You're definitely not going to see these big big corporations doing it. But it's a great piece of marketing, and I suppose that's exactly what it is, from our point of view. Yeah. It's marketing, Burger, you know? Burger King are good at that type of thing. They yeah. did as well last year, where I think... I'm probably getting this wrong, but the concept is something along the lines of for every Big Mac that you buy, X oh, amount yeah. is donated towards. And for that day, Burger King took the Whoppers off of all of their menus across yeah. the US. So similar idea, but I get. I think in terms of um, in terms of a physical retailer that doesn't have a huge online presence, I think the social media team at Burger King are one of the best in the business. Mm. They are absolutely phenomenal. They did a thing last year where they went back and started liking old tweets like two or three years old from uh, influencers online like Casey Neistat and then of course Casey Neistat what does he do he makes a video of that going Burger King what are you what, what are you, are you doing do you know what I mean <laughs> and again just that kind of stuff and they did another thing then last year on um, similar enough actually to 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 um uh, to what we call it, kind of the live experiments or the kind of hidden camera kind of yeah. genre of movies where you had a kid getting bullied and you basically they were calling people out saying, okay, this kid was getting bullied in our Burger King stores. How many people actually intervened? And again, oh, yes, really, saw, yeah. really, really clever piece of content. It's a lot of, um, yeah, they very, you know, what we would call probably guerrilla marketing, you know, on the street kind of pop-ups, yeah. bus stands. They do a lot of this kind of stuff. But as I said, like, it's it's 100% marketing, you know, and people would look at this and they would think, as I said, it's brilliant. But you have to be kind of a little bit uh, skeptic, I suppose, and look, is it actually genuine? What is their plan? So the fact that they're mentioning other brands is going to hype up a bit of publicity. They mention another brand's product at the end by saying the Big Mac, you know, and that's going to share, that's going to share uh, publicity and awareness, you know, whether it's going to be good or bad, but it's all promoting back to Burger King. It is, yeah. But I, think, look, I think with something like that, yeah, is it a bit of publicity? But to me, it falls into the category of, yeah, it's marketing, but ultimately, look, the message is kind of communal. We're all in this together. Oh, and that type is, of stuff, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I wouldn't be too... I generally wouldn't be too critical of Burger King in terms of some of the stuff that they do, to be honest with you. They would be one of the better be brands like out you, there. Though. No, 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 they're one of I'm in a good mood today. Good mood. Good it's mood. me going to town on the brands it, today, yeah, is yeah. it? So I think that's kind of it that we have for news stories. But I suppose before we go any further, the one thing we wanted to mention for this week was last week we kind of topped or t- touched on an idea of about kind of a little bit of a challenge or a uh, campaign. And we actually ro- rolled that out during the week, uh, the Gift Local Challenge. Uh, rolled it out online and thankfully it's after getting a good bit of traction there's more coming down the way so um, it's been getting good what do you think with it? yeah just buy buy stuff <laughs> go out and buy stuff um, again some people don't have as much money as they had pre-COVID um, a lot of people who would be in jobs are on COVID payment um, or they're not working as much but they're getting um, they're on the COVID payment shall we say or they're not spending as much money 
uh, going out on the booze or whatever the story is. Again, if you have a few extra bob in your pocket, try spend it locally. Um, again, go out, get a get a feast of wings, get a cocktail, do whatever you need to do um, to support local businesses and just um, just buy shit. Yeah. Buy loads of stuff. Yeah. So the whole idea behind it again was that you go out, you give something to a friend or a family member from a local business share it online uh, the reason why is that you're creating awareness for that local business and then you nominate three friends to go and do it again and it's just a cycle it's just a bit of fun but in the main at the end of the day you're you're mainly supporting local businesses which is definitely important at this time yeah 100% and again I, like, I suppose it's one thing that again we were speaking at the start about adjusting consumer behaviour I would rarely have got I would have been more inclined to go out and eat something mm. rather than deliver something in particularly if it was from a kind of a not a takeaway, no, but you're a midway kind of high, mid mid to high end kind of a restaurant, shall we say? Whereas now there's actually more of that now. No, I'd be more inclined. Okay, I actually want a decent meal tonight, not a takeaway. So I'll get a click and collect from Joe you know, the local rotisserie or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So again, people's behaviour is changing. And again, if you can support local businesses, if you have the, if you can, then then absolutely do it. Brilliant. So I think today we are going to go and talk about tourism no no you no? forgot you forgot you forgot one of the main things in the news no, how can you not we're, no, talk we're not, about we're, the news and not mention we're brushing the, over that the, not mentioning big d because the reason why is because when we are recording this podcast we are still in the middle of the count and we don't know what's still in happening. the middle of the count but the way so the way it is at the moment is it's leaning biden and it, um, it was for a while leaning trump and i was like how has this happened again, how has this happened again like I mean like I thought last week with the prediction that we made which was there is such a high turnout of voters that surely Trump got his bounce before he was president and there'll be no one more vote for him based on his carry on the last four years clearly I have under, underestimated um, the kind of redneck population um, who vote um, um, so no he's done like Trump I think has done phenomenally well in terms of votes like it's it's actually quite impressive because I thought Biden would blitz him well, but it lo- it's looking good though it's looking as if Biden talking about votes there only a couple of hours before we, we started recording this was actually Biden is after breaking um, the record for the most ever voters um, voting for him so previously held by Barack Obama so it's definitely shown that there is more people out voting oh no there is no absolutely and look hopefully it goes I mean I was getting worried when I think Trump took took Florida took Texas and it was looking as if he would take Michigan as well and it's looking as if it's going it's going in a different Mm -hmm. direction now which is good but of course as expected Trump came out about probably (laughs) three or four days before the actual result is probably going to be confirmed and said we've won this election this election is a whole fraud Mm -hmm. so like I was saying Again, I, I was saying it last night, I tweeted about it, like, the worst thing that happens in Ireland during the during any election is that you'll go to the fifth count in Cavan Monaghan at six o'clock in the morning, yeah. kind of a thing, like, where you might have the Healy Rays lighting a bonfire in Kilgarvan <laughs> in the US. Like, I genuinely, I think, looking at probably the riots that are going to be coming in the next couple of days, I think yeah. it's going to be absolutely insane stuff altogether. And it's... It's shameful, really. Like, I mean, you, it's, it's. I've never come across like you had Bush and Gore, where there was a bit of a dispute over the the end result, and it was resolved. Not a huge amount of violence associated with it, but neither of those candidates instigated that violence. Yeah, now you have Trump actually saying to his supporters, "Go out and burn shit, basically, yeah. because this is this is fraud. This is not a legitimate election. Yeah, it's just going to um, royal people up, like yeah. Oh, completely. No, it's 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 again, it's it's deplorable behaviour. I mean, it's shocking to see. The best video actually I seen from um from during the week in terms of Trump was, I'm not sure if you've seen this, was a guy it was, it was shared on Twitter, but um 
a guy said basically you couldn't write this and Trump was at one of his rallies and he's talking about we need to get that lovely phrase of made in America back onto our products and all this so the guy that's video on it is one of the Trump supporters but he takes off his Trump cap and literally looks at the label and made in China. In China, written. of course. <laughs> so, yeah, of one course. of the best videos I've seen this but week. That's what, but that's what it's been. I actually think I was listening to um, I was listening to show on YouTube last night and they were trying to, because they were kind of similar to my opinion in terms of how has this been as close as it is. And again, he might come back and win. This hasn't been, this hasn't been declared yet. But they were doing the analysis of the types of voters and the people who were supporting Trump and the narrative and stuff like that. And, what they basically determined is that there was a lot of people who wouldn't usually vote predominantly uneducated um, uneducated men, uh, predominantly, predominantly white men as well. But there was a kind of an element of kind of machoism about Trump as president and a lot of Americans still see America as the one and only true superpower as opposed to China or any of the up-and-coming, the up-and-coming bricks. So I think the, um, I think that, probably skewed people a bit in that you see Biden and again he's not a very powerful speaker and um, he hasn't got that authoritative kind of masculinity kind of a he feel hasn't, to he him. hasn't even put himself out there massive now in the last no, few months like doing massive no. day interviews or anything like this which the others would have done leading up to it um, I don't think he's put himself out there as much but look when you're getting when you look at the votes you know in terms of you're roughly at the moment you're around I think it's 49 51 somewhere around there at the moment he hasn't done a massive amount, but he's still up there. With yeah, him. but I think I think this was an election that Trump lost, not because of his electioneering, but because of his carry on in the last four yeah. years. I don't think Biden. Doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, it's just not I Trump. don't think Biden <laughs> won this election by any mean. stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I don't like. He's been again. I think he's been a very uninspiring candidate. Not as uninspiring as Clinton was. Um, but there's an element of kind of Obama light and going back to the like. Look, well, he's involved. He's in that yeah. bubble as well. Like, look you know, for so. me, for American president. Be dignified. Don't start wars for no reason. Do those two things, and you're doing a better job than, than Trump has done, basically. And that's what Biden is. He is very, very safe. dignified and safe. Yeah. And I think that's what people, it's what people want and what people voted for. I think another thing we kind of forgot about in the last few weeks, which I, literally I I only saw an article on it there earlier, and I forgot all about him, was Mr. Kanye West. That he was a lot of people forgot he's actually still there in the election. So he's ruled out now. Obviously, he's nowhere near. But he actually got over 10,000 votes I did and that really? was he oh, was God. he got one no sorry sorry I read that wrong he got 60,000 votes but one state alone um, over 10,000 votes in one of the states alone like even that many people that think this guy is a good fish was he seriously on the ballot <laughs> I didn't even not in all not in all of the states he was in some of them but I saw something there earlier on yeah but he got you're talking 56,000 votes like you know that many people even you think about that many people going up voting for him I might run for election in the US the next time we'll give it a go will we yeah, give, give it a go for the crack <laughs> a bit of political marketing so uh, we kind of mentioned it previously uh, we come back we might have a we might have a bit of breaking news hopefully by the end of this podcast we might have the, the, the who the new president unlikely, is unlikely it's going to be days until Pennsylvania is called but look we'll see how we get on maybe for next week but um, what we're going to talk about this week is basically how tourism has changed um, but maybe looking towards the future and what way it's going to go and what's happening at the moment in terms of different areas. Do you want to kick us off there, David? What do you think? Yeah, I think, look, I mean, it's, it's look, I mean, 90% of that industry has been absolutely decimated, basically. I think I think hotel bookings during the last lockdown dropped by something like 95% or something. Yeah, and it, and it hasn't, yeah, and, it, and it's not really recovering yet. There was a little bit with people going on staycations and traveling internally and stuff like yeah, that. campaigns yeah. around staycation, yeah. But I mean, I read a stat during the week that 
I think that on average, since COVID kind of kicked in, the tourist industry is losing roughly about twenty seven million per day. Um, was a figure that I that I saw. Um, and again, I don't know how they came to that figure as such, but I mean, it's staggering the amount of loss in that particular industry. But I think what's going to be very very interesting is how businesses in the hospitality and tour tourism sector adjust. Back, um, yeah. not only in in terms of local businesses, but also some of the multinationals, your trip advisors, your Airbnbs, and so on and so forth. Like so. But I think even looking at as you said there, the big side. But even thinking about the likes of your fault Ireland's and all these kind of stuff and how they're actually going to you know whatever whatever country it is but how you're going to actually get people traveling again do you know I think it's a big one yeah and I think there's going to have to be a little bit of there's going to have to be a lot going on in terms of brand Ireland in terms yeah. of reimagining what that is like I mean on one hand if you think about like the lockdowns have been happening very very um with short notice yeah and if you get a reputation as a country no that you're going to shop down then again you're not going to book you're not going to book holidays in those particular spaces so there has going to be now i know this is across europe but you wouldn't want to get a reputation within that european marketplace of somewhere that does shut down without any kind of policy in place for tourists coming in or whatever the whatever the case may be and then if you look at why do people come to Ireland? On one hand, you've got the kind of outdoor scenery, Giants Causeway, similar enough in the UK, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, but then if you look at Ireland the UK in terms of tourism, a lot of it is based around pub culture. Yeah. And that's obviously something that is going to be very, very difficult to, to kind of reconcile into the future. Because again, there's no, even when lockdown comes to an end, we're not going back to everything is open again. You're probably going to be on level three outdoor dining only for x number of months over christmas and then how you kind of ease back into it then after that now i think when like hopefully what happens is that there is a vaccine and things level out but if there is this kind of up and down curve in terms of um kind of mini lockdowns and changing in restrictions over the next kind of 12 months there is going to have to be a lot of kind of a rebranding or reimagining around well you would come to ireland and this is why you would come to ireland or you come to the uk this is why you would come to the uk so like you said, there's a big exercise there for Fudge Ireland. Um, yeah, yeah definitely. Ireland. So as you said, like definitely since the lockdown, um, hotels are obviously you know pretty much wiped out. Like a lot of them are, are opening maybe for essential worker services and all this kind of stuff. But even here locally, a couple of the hotels they're they're trying to be a little bit different in terms of. I even seen one local hotel there. They brought a full bar basically out the front, and they're doing takeaway coffees and scones. They're kind of known for a little bit of um you know, afternoon tea and that kind of bit more upmarket kind of uh, food. So so they're bringing that out onto the street. But the problem is they're a beautiful hotel, but they're slightly out of the way of any footfall inside in town. So I don't know how well it's doing for them. They're kind of just keeping that face going at the front. Yeah, you know? but, there, but there's a problem. But like any, any of those hotels, like even, so even like you go back to level three and you're talking about serving stuff outside and stuff like that. That, that was fine during the summer and yeah. we got away with it. Yeah. Ireland in the UK in November, December, January... Yeah. That's Piss, not, gonna, not gonna rain, it rains, snow, hurricane. It's yeah. just not. It's just not going to. It's not going to work. It's as simple as that. So there is going to have to be a, a rethinking. And again, I know that like both governments have had grants in place for like outdoor heating and stuff yeah. like that. But it was like two grand. No, this needs to be a complete reimagining of outdoor space. Yeah. Um, in terms of heaters, shelters. Um, so you can actually run your business in a kind of a in a in a kind of a, a suitable kind of a way, like. I was in a pub just before lockdown and it was it was all outside seating but they had good heaters big yeah. umbrellas good seating lots like a, of space like so realistically a two grand grant is going to buy you one good heater nearly if, like, even, if, <laughs> e, if even I'd say if even so like on the local side of things I think that that's going to be interesting in terms of how things are 
again, I use that word kind of reimagined in terms of how to attract internal tourists. Um, and there's, again, there's little things that people do. So like before the, before lockdown kicked in again, I was up in Belfast on business and the, we ended up going out for a few drinks that particular evening. And it was just such a unique experience that there was live music. Yeah. There's a you know of live music. So you appreciate all of these things. So is there, like, I mean, look, there's loads of space in loads of city centres. You can have stages and stuff like that. So again, it's all about reimagining space, reimagining places, understanding how we can use, not, not looking at businesses individually, but looking at this kind of cityscape and yeah. how we can bring businesses together. Um, and, and like, kind of like when you'd have a Christmas markets and stuff like that, but on a more permanent kind of a scale or basis. Yeah, I think I think you kind of mentioned it there about, about businesses kind of coming together as a community. Um, what I did like seeing in the last little kind of I'll say break of freedom that we had before the, the lockdown was a lot of hotels were getting out and about locally and were promoting what they had locally, whether it's you know food markets or it's you know tourist attractions, and I think that was great. You know that they were getting this up on their page, something that they never yeah you know, they done a little bit of before, but they're actually doing it probably on a small budget, so they're actually going out with the phones, they were recording themselves doing Instagram lives, and I actually found that way more interesting and um you know uh exciting to watch i suppose than your stock images your really high-end photography and content stuff like you know and your kind of real dreamy kind of videos of, of local localities like you know so i think that's something that can't be forgotten about is maybe look at what's around you in your community and see can you actually educate people on what's in in your locality whether it's online whether it's through video whether it's uh, blogs on blogs on websites you know i think businesses start to need to think about that and I think yes we're in lockdown at the moment but there's no harm in this happening or even building up a little bit of this work now if you can if you're in the space to do it and I think it's down to look it's down to governments as well like councils and stuff like that like I mean at the moment there's kind of from what I've seen there's a little bit of free reign there in terms of you know building outside space and stuff like that yeah. that should continue anyway like that should have happened regardless of COVID in terms of the spaces and how and how businesses use spaces so no look I think look I mean like everyone kind of understands Ireland as you know, the, the kind of cosy pub or whatever you want to call it the trad inside the pub that's not going to be the case going forward for a, for a period of time so again I think that, that that thought process needs to needs to come to the fore of the next couple of months well, I think it's going to be another thing to think about is, and I think you've been notes there on it is you know when we talk about this whole idea of support local and buy local and gift local and all this kind of stuff we're obviously thinking about staycations and hotels and all this you have a whole industry there in front of you in terms of Airbnb where it's not something you think about gifting local or you're not going to go out and buy, you know, Mary's room to give it to someone. Do you know that kind of thing? It's a totally different industry in terms of But tourism. I think there, it's, it's interesting with Airbnb, so now that you mention it, so Airbnb had their initial IPO planned for um their mar- for March. Uh, for any of our listeners, um, IPO is initial public offering, which is basically your launch of your brand onto the, um, onto the stock market. So the... I suppose Airbnb, what they look, what they had to do earlier this year is they had to raise about two billion dollars in debt equity because they lost about four hundred million um in terms of adjusted profit and loss in Q two. So what they are doing now is they are looking to launch their IPO and I and a lot of people are kind of going, hang on now, you had a lot of other sharing economy apps like Uber, like Lyft, mm-hmm. um with the catastrophe that was WeWork, which we haven't covered on the podcast, but a lot of these sharing economy apps have taken a huge hit in terms of their um in terms of their IPO over the last kind of twelve months there 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 thereabouts. And 
what I think is going to be quite interesting within this sector is how Airbnb do actually recover and I think they're going to be more attractive than hotels in the immediacy particularly the kind of luxury Airbnb products because if you take a hotel hotels who have all these amenities built into them they're all restricted now there's no um there's no residence bar the restaurant is restricted you can only yeah. stay there for a certain amount of time if there's a lockdown does the whole place shut down and therefore you can't you can't get access to that hotel so i think with airbnb there's a huge opportunity there for them to capture that market where it's of, all about know flexibility you know what you're buying all yeah kind it's of all thing, about yeah. flexibility and like airbnb to be fair to them they've they they're willing to invest in the customer experience to a to a level whereby the likes of Uber and all these other sharing economy apps are not. Like I think they invested one hundred and fifty million dollars last year in um basically safety around booking and verifying who owns properties and verifying the safety of properties and what what you buy on what you buy is what it says on the tin effectively. Um, so they are going to have to, and they already have started investing in things like compliance around parties. Because that is obviously, look, if you can't go to a pub, a lot of people are just going to book an Airbnb somewhere up the country, bring 10, 15 of your mates, and Airbnb are investing in a lot of that in terms of trying to maintain compliance for local communities because they recognise that they have done a lot of damage to local businesses um, in terms of what their in terms of what their brand stands for. So no, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how that product evolves within a COVID world. I think Airbnb is a, brilliant product brilliant brand um use it the whole time very very simple to use very straightforward um and how again it is reimagined is going to be very very interesting yeah yeah i think on the other element then we always talk about the hotel now and accommodation and all that kind of stuff when you look at the whole area of flights as well do you know in terms of actually travel you know we've had a lot of um I suppose confusion, a lot of anger coming from even the the, the travel companies, you know, in terms of Ryanair and and, and Aer Lingus closing down flights and places. Yeah, Michael O'Leary's closing. not happy, is he? He's not happy. He's not happy, bunny. No, <laughs> you know, and they're, but they're closing down flights, and you know, they're making like even you look at here a local to us, Cork Airport, and um, they're closing down a lot of even UK flights, you know, and people not only are looking to do that for leisure purposes but a lot of people are relying on that for actual business and jobs and you know and a lot of them are flying back for a week yeah i've had a few clients who struggled to get to get into the country or, effectively because the limitations around the limitations around yeah. flights um so i think this is this is another place where you know i there's not it's, it's not even something that you have a massive amount of competition in like you know it's kind of you're reliant on one two three kind of companies really kind of here in ireland i suppose for the regional kind of flights around I think it's going to be yeah it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the airline like I mean I saw a bit of commentary during the week which was basically that if you look at the balance sheets of some of the biggest airlines um, across Europe the prediction is that with the amount of um, capital that Ryanair have on their books and the amount of free uh, fixed assets that they have in terms of plane and fleet and so on and so forth and because they are low frills that there's a good chance that if they buy up a lot of slots which a lot of other airlines are going to struggle to maintain um post covid kind of during that weird middle period yeah. where things start to open up again ryanair could be even bigger than they are now yeah. uh, by kind of 2024 2025 um which i think is an interesting commentary and again i heard a comment a couple of weeks ago that a crisis is too big an opportunity to waste and like it's a horrible phrase but for a lot of these businesses it is a huge opportunity for them to expand and for them to scale and there is going to be an L, there is going to be a bit of a, a culling of the herd in many ways where businesses that were probably 
just borderline breaking even but they were still running as relatively decent companies they're not going to be able to survive this hit and therefore it gives an opportunity for the likes of Ryanair to turn industries into more oligopolistic type industries instead which is dangerous it's not good for competition but it's probably the way things are going to go over the next couple of months I think as you mentioned there about you know seizing kind of opportunities maybe and looking at ways of developing now and, and buying up opportunities or whatever a lot of even local businesses have done that um, you know in terms of their doors are closed so you know if we have a, a bit of reserves in the bank and, and you know we, we probably look we've a bit of faith that we're going to come out with this they're starting to put money into the physical premises and they're actually doing up their premises they're they're you know there's a, there's a local nightclub there i'm thinking of the whole place is gushing and they're pretty much starting again like you know so i think it probably is a good time to maybe if if you are in a position i suppose you know there's not many people businesses that are going to be in that kind of position but if you're in a position to start looking at your business to say how can i improve it when i come out with this and it's straight look i mean you, you mentioned the local business there it's odd because I mean, would I advise a business to invest in their retail premise at the moment? No, because COVID could be gone in six months or it could be still here in 18 months or it could be a version of that has evolved or whatever the story is in terms of limited restrictions and stuff like that. So like, if you're, if you're investing in your business to combat COVID and make your business COVID-friendly, shall we say, well, that's all, that's all kind of well and good, but I mean... The, you could end up wasting a lot of money as well and limiting your capacity for afterwards. So it's a. Yeah, so look, what, I don't, so I don't envy, you, don't envy, don't envy business owners. So I think we probably talked about it before, but like, what would you say if businesses just start looking at maybe it's more so, especially in the tourism kind of you industry? Know, you know what answer I'm going to give. It go depends. On, it depends. On. Like it depends. <laughs> like it totally depends on your business, your reserves, staffing levels, your margins, volume type business that you are. It's not a. It's I not know, a. One, yeah. It's not a magic wand. It's like do this. Like do you know what I mean? It, it's completely context. Context specific. You should be saying marketing, getting in someone to help you. They don't have any. <laughs> you're not just here. The conversation that we've just had. But yeah, um, there's other kind of like, and again, just good to go back onto the um, again looking at the Airbnbs and stuff like that. So one of the biggest success stories of the digital economy, shall we say, of TripAdvisor. Yeah. Um, like TripAdvisor at one point were worth more than. Um, Marriott Hilton so like the review site was worth more than the actual physical uh, the physical hotel mm. industry in and of itself which is absolutely bizarre but they used to make most of their revenue off um, advertising so cost per click based um, based um, based advertising retail environment and then also if they people book things through TripAdvisor in terms of experiences and things like that so again with an industry like that where there is no one advertising at the moment yeah, really there's no one moving you're not going out to restaurants you're exactly. not going out to hotels yeah that, that model kind of is no it's going to be to fund, like, no moment. you are totally fucked and I think the like when I would like to think that once we recover and the tourism industry opens up like the, like once we get the opportunity I'm getting on a flight and I am getting out of this country for as long as I physically can because I am sick of living in Don't my bedroom a podcast to record like, now I know, I'll, I'll, I'll dial in you can, t- you can get a guest or something that week but the um, and in terms of that element but I would imagine that the market's going to be very much saturated because everyone's going to be looking to get out and therefore yeah. is there a space for the booking.coms or trip advisors when it's going to be saturated are the going hotels be, going to give some of their real estate one or companies? two ways really it's going to be you know travel and um you know accommodation abroad they're either going to do one or two things they're really going to try and drop their price as much as they can to get people moving or they're going to try and make up for the losses that they've made and i think a lot of businesses i know i would not like to see them going that way but i know a certain certain few countries you know they were probably high up there anyway in terms of their prices for traveling anyway and i think they're probably going to stay up there which is not going to be encouraging for anyone to go 
No, but I think at the same time, there's there's a... I think there'll be more of an onus on your booking.coms, your trip advisors, and maybe the hotels can facilitate this as well. Um, But it's going to be more about the overall experience. It's going to be, like, I mean, if I'm booking a holiday or I'm going to a city, I'll book an Airbnb, I'll go there, and I'll kind of figure out what I'm going to do over there when I'm over there. Yeah. I wouldn't plan ahead, and a lot of people would be like that. In an environment where you don't really understand what the local restrictions are in relation to COVID, um where you can go where you can't go do you have to book is there time limits when you don't have that local knowledge then that uh, that ability to almost construct an itinerary shall we say um, in terms of what your stay is going to be like so that you don't have the problem of showing up at a bar and realising oh I can't get in anywhere because everywhere is booking only and you had to book a week ago so that almost tailoring the experience to the COVID environment that exists in a particular region I think that's a gap that could possibly be filled by the likes of your trip advisors your booking.coms or again even local um, local hotels and stuff like that as well so I think that could be an interesting area worth looking at and developing into the future for sure definitely definitely I think we will come to wrap it up there now um, thanks again for everyone for listening in for this week um, as I said we'll, we'll, we'll see if we have a, I don't think there's any news out there yet of uh, the next president but we'll, we'll see on that for next uh, week Big Joe president has to be Big Joe <laughs> if it's Trump I'm going to go on a tirade for the next podcast yeah. it's going to be disgraceful the orange man cannot get in again the orange man. can't <laughs> Care for you say that. <laughs> the orange man, yeah. and, and by orange man, I'm referring to the fellow who wears fake tan and not. I'm not going to say it. Go on. <laughs> Don't say it. No, I think we we'll leave it there. And um, thanks everyone again for listening. You can follow us. You can uh, subscribe to us. Keep up to date. And uh, take care. We'll talk to you next week. See you later.